The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like the ghosts of gaslighting, <laughs> fat phobia, and divorce shame. Wow. Yeah, wow, this is going to be a big wow. one. <laughs> I know we picked these letters, yeah, but right. I, I'm constantly surprised by us. <laughs> I know. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, but first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. Right. We are unprofessionals. We are untrained in this. We are unqualified. Yes. We both have ghosted people, mm -hmm. cheated on people. Yep. Broke up poorly. Yes. <laughs> We're both like in relationships and doing well, but like also it's not smooth sailing all yes. the time. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I got I got my haircut today. Yeah. And it looks really cute. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I noticed when I came in, but then you did nothing but talk to me for like 30 minutes straight. <laughs> and so I didn't get the chance to say it. Okay, well, this, <laughs> let me connect all of these thoughts. I got my haircut today. The uh -huh. hairdresser was like, are you a Gemini? Because you talk so much. <laughs> and I was like, you're asking me the questions, lady. Like you were. <laughs> she was very talkative. So I talked back. And uh -huh. then, she, But she called it. She's like, are you a Gemini? I was like, yes. What was she? An Aries. Oh. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. no, an Aquarius. Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, and then anyway, I don't, yes, interesting. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I was getting my hair cut with this talkative Aquarius mm -hmm. hairdresser. And he I was, seems a little judgy, to be honest. <laughs> 
her about the podcast and she was like, so uh, do you have like successful relationships? And I was like, well. <laughs> One. Yeah. <laughs> till, so far. <laughs> uh, which is all to say everyone's dumpable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 71, Samuel. Mm-hmm. 71, and it's Thanksgiving yes, week. Yes, it will be in a couple days. Yes. Depending on when you listen to this. <laughs> right, yes. I mean, it's coming up this week. Yes. Um, are you the type of person who likes to like say things that you're grateful for <laughs> on Thanksgiving? <laughs> Um, it's like hard to reject the um the history that like the colonizing murderous history of Thanksgiving and yes. at the same time be like, yes, there's so many wonderful things about being grateful for sure. and spending time with your family if you like your family, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So I'm like, I love Thanksgiving. I love cooking for people. I love with pe- being with people I love. I love reflecting. I love like the the markers in the year that you start to reflect on your year mm-hmm. and the holidays. Yeah. I'm a sucker for that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, yeah. So, like, so many indigenous people were murdered. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we, like, have this fake story of the pilgrims. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I work in homelessness in my real job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, uh, have talked to uh, Native American folks about this. And and that they're, like, homelessness in the Native American community. American community started the second that white settlers arrived on the shore Uh, because like that is the uh, moment when the displacement began and the forced removal, let's be honest, and the murder um, and genocide. And so like that is the moment when homelessness started. And so now it's like, uh uh-huh, we're still dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm over here like, I'm grateful for my (laughs) turkey ornament uh-huh, you know yep. like for my pumpkin spice and yeah well things are complicated yeah i and, wish they and, were easy and people are nuanced like you can acknowledge um the oppressive uh history of a and present yes of a holiday and you can also say it's it's a very good thing to be grateful <laughs> for sure and it's good to spend time with family and yeah. it's good to celebrate the abundance that you have in your life right yes those are all good things and also hold space for the fact that that abundance came at the stake of other people. Cheers to that. <laughs> right. Woohoo. This is why I'm not fun on Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, no, no. I spent last Thanksgiving with you. Do you remember? Yeah, it was great. You want to hear something really cute? Yeah. Your nephew, we went around and shared something that we were thankful for. Mm-hmm. And your nephew, God bless that little cute curly headed redhead. Which one? The older one or the younger the one? The younger one. Okay. Um, he said he was thankful for all of the farmers who oh, harvested, yeah. who grew and harvested the food that we were eating. That and was I very was like, sweet. that's the most wholesome shit I've ever seen at a Blackwell <laughs> family dinner. <laughs> right. And uh, then my girlfriend was there and she said, what are you thankful for? She said FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good because you were long distance. Yeah. Yeah. It was cute. Uh yeah, and then I taught, tried to teach you and your girlfriend to play Pinochle. <laughs> you, you know what? You I, got it, and she did She not. definitely didn't, didn't, and I fake got it. I got it because I can, I'm, like, card literate. Like, yeah. I can play any card game, but I truly could not tell you a single rule. Well, you have to play it multiple times. It's, like, a complicated yeah, game. Yeah, and also you and your mother, like, play it, like— Competitively. Competitively <laughs> without necessarily talking it out. Like, yeah. like silently, like, silent— my mom and I are very similar in a lot of ways. Evil. <laughs> like, uh, it was cute, though. It was uh, fun. This year, I'm smoking a turkey. 
like in a like in a meat smoker. Is that because you guys went to a smoking class? Yeah. So Peter and I went to a community ed class because um, my dad had a meat smoker that he used all the time, yeah. and so like we thought it would be like a good thing for us yeah. to like learn how to use it so that we could continue. Continue, yeah. Right. Uh, and so we took a meat smoking class at a, a community ed meat smoking class, which was like exactly what you would think it was. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I learned the rudiments of meat smoking, which is really all I needed to know. Right. But it was like a four hour class. And like this woman told me all sorts of things that I don't believe are scientific at all. Like that all meat has little worms in it that you have to kill. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-huh. She was like, look, you can look at this meat and you can see the worms in it. And I was like, are you okay? (laughs) Like there were no worms in it. She could see worms in it? Yeah. Well, maybe there's someone out there who's like a hunter who also listens to Just Break Up. My dad, maybe. Yeah, right. I'm like, where's the overlap there? Yeah. And they can tell us if that's real or not. Yeah. It, Write us. Yeah. Anyway. Tell me about meatworms. Yeah. We, um, yeah, so now we are smoking the turkey this year. We got a whole. Plan. We got a plan for it. We need to like, like put the turkey in water with like a bunch of like spices in it for 24 hours okay. before we smoke it. Okay. And it's going to be good. I was like, mom, have a backup just in case <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. things don't have go well. Some, like high carb mac and cheese. Yeah, she like, was something like, filling. She was like, I'll just get some turkey breasts. And if we need to like put them in the <laughs> oven, we can do that. <laughs> what a good lady. <laughs> right. So anyway, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yes. What are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for this podcast. I am too. <laughs> and I'm thankful for everyone that listens to it. It's I surreal. Still, I just can't even believe. I can't I'm like, even. You want to listen to me talk? I do not understand that. I can't even. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for this podcast too. I, I, I always had a lot of weird like professionalism shame, like mm-hmm. where that I didn't, ha- I didn't have a traditional career or right. like a 401. Okay. Yep. I was like 2K. <laughs> why? Why 2K? 401. Why 2K? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh I got over that because I like professionalized myself and like saw value in the fact that I was a writer and I had an alternative career. But I never saw this coming. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels kind of surreal and magical to be in my 30s and be able to um work with my two best friends on something that I think is just like it's not just meaningful work to me, mm-hmm. like the head and heart work, but it's so fun. It's so fun. Even when we're tired and we record, I have a good time. Like yeah, for sure. it's just it's just stimulating and fun and, and everyone's like DMs and it's just really charming. But with all that in mind, um if you want to celebrate or show your thanks for just break up um, slide over to our iTunes, leave us a re- review or rating or on Facebook. You can do it also. Mm-hmm. I know you can't, if you listen on Spotify, you can't always rate on Apple podcasts, et cetera. Right. But the more podcasts are almost exclusively advertised through word of mouth. So spread the holiday cheer, tell a friend to break up with their significant other. No, honestly, y'all are going back home for the holidays. <laughs> like tell your friends from high school yeah. the, who have awful boyfriends that they need to listen to this podcast. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> we were going to talk about money today um in continuation uh our, continuing our conversation about cohabitation right. but maybe we should just save it for next week yeah that's and we're good. eventually going to talk about cuffing season and whether or not you should like you know meet up with your old fling or not that's right so stay tuned for that you want to get into some letters absolutely all right our first letter comes from bella was a badass bitch <laughs> <laughs> but it's bella was a first name right bella was 
A badass bitch. A badass bitch. A badass bitch. Yeah. How would you pronounce that differently? Do you remember Canny Canny yeah. did a daddy? <laughs> oh, I forgot that was the best how joke. funny we thought that was. That that poor did a daddy. <laughs> that poor woman whose boyfriend was like, oh, you want to go see that show where they just laugh at their own jokes yeah, yeah, on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, us. that's He probably listened to that episode <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we could not stop laughing at that. But you just referenced a tweet that I haven't talked about on the podcast yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Didn't you talk about it at the Austin Live show? No. Oh. <laughs> no, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it right now. Okay, please. There's an amazing Twitter follower of ours who came to our live show. I don't know if they introduced him, but mm-hmm. the, the night before they tweet, they tweeted, I just asked my boyfriend if he wants to come to the Just Break Up live show with me and my friends. And my boyfriend said, uh, is that the one where they just laugh at their own jokes? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> and so I obviously retweeted and told her to leave him. Right, of course. <laughs> This is why our advice is not what we not wholly applicable. Yeah, right? Really, like we are really unqualified. Quite, quite emotional and respons- yeah, very yeah. petty. Yeah, reactive yeah. rather than responsive. Shout out for to sure. that Twitter follower. I don't know who you are, but you're very cute. <laughs> All right, uh, Bella is writing from the Great White North. Bella writes, "Dear Sam and Sierra, first of all, thank you for getting me through a tough time this year." Your podcast was just what I needed—a dose of reality, affirmations, and humor around heartbreak. Before I get to my question, I'll have to, I'll give you a bit of background. I'm a 30-year-old straight cis woman, and a few years ago, I was in a long-distance relationship with a man. Let's call him Jay. Jay and I had a deep connection on all levels, but in the end, it came down to the fact that I loved him, and he, in his words, couldn't find the love for me. I was devastated. We broke up and never really returned to the level of friendship that I had hoped for. We stayed connected, but barely. Fast forward to a year later, I had been dating around but found myself single again. My ex, Jay, was in town and he reached out. I made a move because it's a tried and true reliable D. The D was bomb. (laughs) (laughs) And the best part was I didn't catch feelings. It was a one night thing and that was fine. When we hooked up, I had gone on one date with a new guy who would soon be my monogamous boyfriend. Let's call him Liam. Liam found out that I had slept with my ex. I was transparent when asked, nothing to hide out over here. However, this was the catalyst of an emotionally abusive relationship that I would remain in for a year. Mm. Note, when I'm in a relationship, I'm monogamous. However, I see nothing wrong with sleeping with other people when I'm not in an exclusive relationship, a.k.a. dating and single. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on one date with a guy and somehow he owns me. Hello, patriarchy. Among the many, many fucked up things that Liam did, which include sexual coercion, stalking, and cheating on me, he constantly accused me of, lo- of cheating on him with Jay. I'm confident that were it not this situation with Jay, I, it would have been some other kind of scenario to trap me in. There was extreme jealousy, paranoia, and insecurity. Jay became a centerpiece of our relationship. Liam was gaslighting me from every angle, and eventually he demanded I block Jay. I reluctantly did so without any explanation. Ghosting Jay felt terrible, but I felt justified in it. I did it to save my shitty relationship. Mm. Earlier this year, I finally had enough of Liam's abuse and I left him. After some time, I reached out to Jay to apologize. We ended up reconnecting and honestly, he's been a real source of friendship and support. While we do have a history and a deep connection to each other, I truly believe we're better off as friends. So finally, here's my question. Although there's so much more to the relationship with Liam, the flaming trash bag of a human being... 
My question isn't about him, but rather the ghosts of his gaslighting that I just can't seem to Marie Kondo out of my life. Hmm. I've digested so much bullshit about how people can't be friends with their exes. Not true. How I'm a cheater. Also not true. And how I'm not trustworthy. Not true. I want to start dating again, but how do I do that and remain friends with Jay? I refuse to exile him from my life again because of a partner's insecurities. Are there men out there who are secure enough to be in a relationship with someone who is friends with their ex? Yes. Is this a subject I broach with a new significant other? How do I get over the voice in my head that tells me I'm untrustworthy? How do I get over the urge to go above and beyond to prove my trustworthiness? A verifiable boundary-crossing minefield. Thank you and lots of love. Thank you so much for writing. What a shitstorm. I know, right? <laughs> what a relatable shitstorm. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, we picked this letter for sure because I feel like at least one of us has been in a very similar situation. It's, it's textbook <laughs> out of my life uh-huh, or like yep. diary, I should say. Yep. Um, I had a, a relationship once. What I would categorize as my first abusive relationship or mm-hmm. the one that I recognized or, or got to that point. Right. Um, and I, at the same time, I had somebody in my life who was like a forever unrequited love crush, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, my partner at the time knew about this, cr- this crush I'll, I'll say. And, um, in the middle of the night woke me up and accused me of cheating on me with cheating on him with me. Mm-hmm. All right, cheating on him with me. Wait. Cheating on him with him? Cheating on him with him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pronouns are hard, I know. <laughs> yeah, they really are. <clears throat> um, and made me call him in the middle of the night and leave him a voicemail and tell him that I couldn't see him anymore. Oh, my God. And you know what's horrible right now? Like 10 years from that that fact or that act, I feel most guilty that I that I didn't tell him to fuck off mm-hmm. like that I did it like I tucked my tail I I winced in the corner and fucking called and left a voicemail to somebody who I really loved a friend of mine who yep. who I had shared this like back and forth like will they won't they sort of thing and we never we never did we never dated we just had like this tumultuous tumultuous friendship mm-hmm. and my ex my partner at the time made me like bleed his phone number and yeah. he started like monitoring my emails and yeah. you know just shit like that but how i relate to this letter is is that forced blockage of a friend sure. and um and how to pick up the pieces of that friendship mm-hmm. and of yourself afterwards right yeah you, i mean the things that happen to us in in abusive relationships that we do that we regret afterwards were things that were done for survival. Yes. Right? And they were things that were not done clear-headedly or with the the best intentions, right? But like actually the intentions were good. That that may have had a really bad impact, but they were just like survival mode yes. things. Like because if your if your boyfriend is waking you up in the middle of the night and demanding that you do something, like that's a really scary and unsafe place to be. Totally. And so like you could have told him to fuck off, but then like what what could have happened then? Like, could it have escalated? Could it have gotten worse? So, like, not to mention, I was like sleeping at his parents' house in the middle of rural Texas, right. Without a car, right? I was literally stuck there. Yeah. So, like, the decisions that we make in abusive relationships for survival are things that sometimes we wish that we hadn't done, but are often things that we had to do. 
right? right? And and I think part of this, Bella, is like, I know that you probably have processed through that, but I also want to just say to you that like you can forgive yourself for cutting Jay off, right? Totally. Um, you know, I'm I know that you really regret it, but but I want to tell you that like you had no other option at that point. Yeah. Like you, the tools and resources you had available were not that we're not equipped enough to be able to help you choose something different. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And and to anybody else out there who has never experienced something like that or who is thinking like, well, that's all fine and good. I just would never do that. You just don't know. Yeah, like you just, sure. we all have different life paths and we all have different triggers or prompts that lead us down these paths that we don't want to go on. Mm-hmm. And you just, until you're in that position until you're made to do something whether with coercion or not by the person you love that you don't want to do you just don't know how you're going to react in that situation sure and like to this day I feel sick to my stomach thinking about that whole relationship and potentially losing all of my friendships Mm -hmm. you know because of the isolation tactics he was employing um I so so to this day I'm I I hate that action but Sam's right. I, I don't know if I could, was even capable of doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And at, at the very least, I was keeping myself safe. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Bella, I also relate in terms of questioning moving forward and how you have to prove your trustworthiness. Um, I think that's like a very relatable thing. Once Once you've been accused of being untrustworthy, it's the same thing as once... You know, like if we often feel like what we are told we are, we internalize mm-hmm. the narratives t- set about ourselves. Right. Right. And um, if you're told that you're nothing, you're going to feel like you're nothing. If mm-hmm. you're told that you're untrustworthy, you're going to feel like that's a deficit that you have to make up. Let mm-hmm. me f- let me prove to you how, although I am trustworthy, I am trust, uh, although I am not trustworthy because that's what people have said about me, I'm going to show you all the ways that I can make that up for you. But you don't have to make up anything for anyone. There's no like invisible finish line that you have to cross or a task list that you have to complete to then become trustworthy. You Mm -hmm. just are right now, period. Um, There's no, there's nothing that you have to prove to anyone else. Yep. And, and it might even be a red flag if, if, a future partner requires a ton of proof to trust you. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is a lie that Liam told you that you have now internalized. Yes. Right. Um, and that's what you're talking about. Like you can't Marie Kondo that, that lie out of your head, but, um, but I want to tell you, like you are trustworthy. Right. Right. Like, even though you might not believe it right now, even though that might be a lie that keeps going through your head, like, doesn't change the fact that you are a trustworthy person. Right. right? And, like, and, and let's talk about what trustworthy is, trustworthiness is. Mm-hmm. It's um, being authentic. It's do, it's making choices that are true to who you are. Right. And having integrity, having your actions back up the words that you say. For sure. And, that, and guess what? That can happen now, right? Yep. Like, I think people think of um, trustworthiness as something that they have to earn when like it, it just happens for sure. Like you can just choose today, (laughs) right? Yeah. You just get to decide to Mm -hmm. do it. Right. And I want to say also, Bella, like you are a trustworthy person and you have proven that because you told this guy that you went on one date with that you slept with your ex. Right. And you had no, you didn't need to do that. Right. You were trying to be upfront. You were trying to be honest and transparent. 
let's talk about that. How that triggered your ex in right? such and a then, toxic way. Yeah, and then he took it. He was taking advantage of your trustworthiness. Yes. Like that is how trustworthy you actually are. Was that he was able to take that and turn it into a negative? Yes. Right, and so. God, God I damn know, it. I know. How many times have people in po- in, in in social in, interpersonal p- power, positions of power, taken our greatest gifts and used them as weapons against ourselves? Right? Ugh. I know. Because it's probably pretty like it's probably pretty important for you, Bella, to be trustworthy. Like it's probably a value that you have. It's probably something that you like want to embody, right? And he took that and said I know that this is something that you want to do and I'm going to make you feel inadequate all the time in this space because I know that's going to be the thing that drives you crazy. And I don't think he did that like that evilly and maniacally and like thinking about it in that way. But like whatever his motivations or whatever he was thinking, that is what he did in an effort to control you. Right. And so don't let him do that anymore. Right. (laughs) And that's easier said than done. But like that's the that is the end of it is like he took advantage of that and and so instead of viewing that as a deficit, view it as one of your greatest assets, right? Yes, absolutely. And I know that all of this feels very fresh and loud in your brain and that this might be your most your your most recent understanding of interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say this to you and to anyone out there that might have that hangnail of a memory or something they did that they look back on within the past couple of years and they just feel so much shame yep. that they let it get to that point or mm-hmm. they let this happen or they allowed someone to treat treat them like this. Yep. What I want to say is you know on the 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 decade anniversary of the time you know that I had to call one of my closest friends in the middle of the night from Texas mm-hmm. and tell him I could no longer talk to him anymore. I want to say that those painful decisions, the ones that you regret, become smaller and smaller and less painful in your brain. Right. Uh, Ten years later, that feels like such an understandable thing. I look back on my 23-year-old self with such understanding and compassion now. And you might not be able to access that compassion quite yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might feel too much like that really sore hangnail, but it will. the pain will fade the memory will soften, the edges will be sanded down, and you will be able to look at this time in your life one day with such empathy right. for the for the person you are Absolutely. or were. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, um, Bella, what I my the advice that I would give to you is when you are feeling this this anxiety around being untrustworthy, just stop, tell yourself it's okay, and say, I am trustworthy. And every time just yep. say it. Because you are right now you are believing the lie that you were told right. by Liam. Right. And so what you have to do is you have to counteract that lie with a truth that you repeat to yourself over and over again until you believe it. Right. Right. And it's it's not the first time that you say I'm trustworthy. Right. Like because you're like, no, I'm not. But the more that you get into that mindset and the more that you say it over and over again, the more you're going to figure out how to live in that space. I totally agree. And last question. Can you find someone who's going to be okay with you being friends with your ex? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that should be a prerequisite. Right? Yep. Yeah. And you don't have to, I don't know that you have to disclose to them any of the things. I mean, like, it's again, one of those things where if it's like, if you don't make a big deal out of it because it's not a big deal, then it doesn't have to be a big deal. So. Right. I totally agree. Thank you so much for writing, Bella. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our second letter is from Fat and Happy, who is writing to us from Georgia. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First of all, I would like to thank you for giving me something to look forward to every Monday for over a year now. I have never missed an episode. Just Break Up is... Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I'm just 
such a sucker. Ah, okay, Just Break Up is my favorite part of my week. It keeps me focused on being the best version of myself I can possibly be. You make me laugh and ugly cry in the weirdest of places all over my city, and it's so awesome. I oh. love y'all. Thank you so, so much for all that you do. That's so sweet. Oh. <laughs> She's really crying, y'all. Yeah. Her eyes are full of tears. I can't. Okay. Um. Okay, here we go. I'm a 32-year-old cisgendered lesbian, and I'm in a long-distance relationship with an incredible 33-year-old transgender woman. We met on OkCupid in April of last year, and we have talked every single day since. I have dated a lot of people, some great, most terrible, and I knew when she and I started talking that she was really special. The type of attention and care she gave me was something I had been searching for for a long time, and I really... I was really starting to believe that I had impossible standards and that I was look- what I was looking for didn't exist. And then she showed up. We see each other once a month and have all of our meetups planned through December of this year. I truly believe she is a good, true love. Mm. As you know, Sierra, long-distance relationships can get frustrating at times with miscommunications, etc. But her attentiveness and genuine care for my feelings has made it so easy to be open and honest with her about any issues I have. She is always ready to work on us and help make things better. She's a true partner. I was a little nervous about dating a therapist at first, but so far it's been incredibly rewarding. Now on to the problem. I had to evacuate from her for, from Hurricane Dorian, and we were both very excited about this because it meant an extra opportunity to see each other. So I threw my cat in the car and drove 600 miles to have a hurricane with my girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was everything I wanted it to be. We lounged around in our underwear. I read and watched. I read and watched Euphoria while she studied for her exams, and I got to fall asleep with her holding me, which is my favorite part. So here's the issue. We weren't having a lot of sex like I thought we were going to. We texted about all the great sex we were going to have before I got there. And of course, I was very excited about that. A whole week with just she and I alone? Duh. Anyway, we had amazing sex the first day. But by the third day, I woke up feeling kind of crabby about it because it was the only sexual intimate experience we had in three days. And I felt like I needed more. And to be honest, I had been feeling that way for a couple of months. I have a healthy libido. I like to have sex a lot, especially since we only see each other about once a month, barring moving sales or hurricanes, and I wanted to cram in as much as possible, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) She does not seem to to be as interested in sex as I am. While I understand she is going through a lot, we still have that, quote, new relationship energy, and I didn't expect the sex to die down so quickly. And the more uh, time I spent thinking about it, the more I think it might have always been this way. So I decided to have the conversation with her. I told her that I found myself leaving our meetups unsatisfied and craving more. She was very open to talking and said that she thinks it's the stress of everything going on in her life, the medications she's on, um, hormone treatment and antidepressants. And then she looked me dead in the eyes and said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. And I think you are beautiful, but I'm worried about your weight. Mm. I felt like the inside of my head shattered when she said that. Yes, I'm fat, but I'm also very active and I'm healthy and I'm also very pretty. So I stopped her and said, are you sure that you're worried about my weight or does my weight make you uncomfortable? Mm. Because there's a huge difference to which she said, I guess it makes me uncomfortable. 
She then proceeded to tell me that she isn't attracted to me because I am fat and she has internalized fat phobia that she needs to work through with a therapist and that she is actually attracted to me and that this is 100% her and not me at all. My gut reaction was to fucking run, but I promised her I wouldn't. So I stayed and we talked about it and cried. I asked her why she didn't tell me this from the beginning, like before she asked me to be her girlfriend. And she said because it would have been the kiss of death of our relationship. I felt like she lied to me. I asked her if she was sure she wasn't confusing this for friendship or if she was like settling because of queer scarcity. And she she said she was so sure about me and that she knows I'm the woman she wants to marry. She promised me that she would get help and figure out her meds and that she really thinks it's just her libido. I told her if she can't love my body the way I do, then she has to let me go. To which she said, I want to show you that I do when you're ready. Here I am a week later and things feel different now. I'm back home and I feel like part of the magic and innocence of our relationship is fading. I don't want to, but I don't know what to do to fix it. And I don't feel like I should have to do anything at all. All I have done is exist as a fat human, which we all know is a good as good as a crime in our society. But I thought I was safe from all that being with her because she's trans. She knows the hurt of being shamed for her body. I can't believe she did it to mine. The thing about this that's hurting me the most is how I see myself. Lately, when I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror, I feel unsure. Before this, I used to feel strong and certain. And believe me, I know better than to let someone influence my opinion of myself, but it is so hard not to. I'm angry and confused and just super fucking disappointed. My question is this. Do you think that there's a way to work through this or should I just break up? She's really trying, but I am scared that I won't be able to move past this. I agreed to stay and be patient with her because of how good she is to me. But is this enough? Am I overreacting? I'm truly at a loss. Thank you so much for your time and tenderness. Whew. Thank yeah, you so much a... for writing fat and happy. Yeah. That's a heavy one. It made me emotional. Yep. I mean, all of your letters make me emotional. It's like a miracle that I can read them without crying. Mm -hmm. um, but that letter definitely brought some liquid to my eyeballs. <laughs> 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 oh, it was just um, fat and happy. Your letter was so eloquently written. Mm -hmm. And your love for yourself gives me chills. And mm -hmm. I... I I hate that that was shaken, that, that that strong foundation that you built for yourself, despite everything that society has taught us yep. about fat bodies. Um, I hate that that was shaken by somebody that you loved and trusted mm -hmm. or love and trusted. For sure. Yeah. That's, I think, I think it uh, really resonates with me because I have dated someone who has like insulted my physical appearance in a way that was like equally traumatizing for me. Right. Uh, oh my and, God, I just got really angry. Yeah, right. <laughs> like not um, sad anymore. Right. And so I know I, you know, I obviously don't know what it is to be fat in this, in the society, but I do know what it's like to have a partner insult something about you that you, that you cannot and do not want to change. And, right. uh, and then have to navigate like how to deal with the hurt of that. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, in some ways, it feels like such a betrayal of trust, right? Because yeah. like the person 
is dating you and want and want like is having sex with you and then to find out that the whole time they were it feels like they were faking their their interest in you yeah and that's just like it's in, like if it's embarrassing, right? And not embarrassing like in a real way, but like it feels embarrassing. Yeah, in like, like a you're elementary like, oh. school playground way. Yeah, like thinking back and being like, oh God, all of those times that he touched me in that way, was it like, did he want to or did he do it because he like felt like he had to? And like, it, I just know how those, in, like how it can trigger That's, all of that. That internal cyclical yep. thought process. And yeah. like make you reframe every part of the relationship <laughs> and be like, what is real and what is not? Yeah, and I, because I, I, I'm... In addition to feeling just a general, like, sentimentalness towards our letter writer, I'm feeling conflicted, too, because, like, I I want to believe in the good in people, Mm -hmm. and I want to believe uh, that your girlfriend, Fat and Happy, is recognizing the true problematic nature of of that comment not just the cultural one like because fat phobia is real right and that's a part of our society Mm -hmm. um and that's something that we have to combat within ourselves because we are products of of this society but but also this this bizarre huge betrayal of trust and intimacy for sure I, i don't know i don't know how to come back from that. Yep. And I don't want to tell you to just break up because I hear about all the goodness in your relationship. For sure. And I see the potential. And I also bringing up your girlfriend, like I, I can see a way in which she said that like accidentally hurtfully, I guess is Mm -hmm. what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that, that maybe she's trying to repair this wrong, but at the same time, I don't know. This would shake me to such a deep core For sure. that I don't know how to come home, come back from that. Yeah. And I think, um, I appreciate that your, that your girlfriend really wants to try, but I don't think it's your job to teach her. Yes. And you're right. You shouldn't have to do it. That's when I got emotional too, because you were talking about like how, you know, your body had been criminalized in ways and that you would that you should that you shouldn't have to do anything. I I couldn't agree with you more. Yep. You didn't do anything wrong here. For sure. And I think I think to walk through the world and have to constantly be validating your own existence right. in a fat phobic world right. that is awful and uh, like you said treats being fat like a crime. Right. Right? Like to have to move through the world and constantly be affirming your own dignity and your own right to exist and then to have to also do that in your most personal relationship like that's what that's what breaks my heart about this and that's what makes me feel like you shouldn't have to do that like your romantic relationship should be the place where you get to come home and be who you are and be authentic and not have to prove this anymore right and like the fact that this is 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 happening is just so heartbreaking and I love the love that you have but I also just feel like I I'm exhausted for you, right? I'm yeah. just exhausted for you to have to to have to deal with this again, right? And if we and we think if we think about fat phobia in terms of other like oppressional opp- oppressive forces mm-hmm. in our society, right? If my significant other came home to me and said, um, "Your feminism makes me uncomfortable," yeah, or "Your black friends make me uncomfortable." Mm-hmm. Um, if I start framing it in terms of the t- the true, like, the foundation of what your partner was saying to you, yep. when I break it down, 
and and strip away all other intentions. Like that's a that's a fucked up statement. For sure. And that would change how I saw that person forever. Absolutely. And I want I want there to be space for your girlfriend to process through that and become a better person, <laughs> for sure. But I also and I can understand that like she is possibly on her own journey and wants to to say like, you know, there are ways in which we are all growing, mm-hmm. but it does not have to come at your expense. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what is is so troubling to me about this. And I um I don't want to say breakup because it sounds like this is a really good love, but it also is like, this is such a big thing that if I were in your position, I don't know that I could get past it. Yeah. And I, I started out this letter being unsure, but, um, fat and happy. I, my advice, um, if you were my very close friend, which you are, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I would say, um, wow, this seems like a very huge, like, um, break of my trust of your trust and and your intimacy and your safety yep. and it also like if you were my homie if we were having this t- conversation over like mimosas um i would tell you like what the fuck you know like <laughs> what like that's so fucked up like i would i would take the empathy and understanding that often comes with in queer relationships out of it and say, that's not okay. You can't say that to me. If this was a dude, I would probably be like, bro, you know, like (laughs) that's so fucked up. And, and that's not to say your girlfriend's not on her own journey and, and that she isn't a good person. And that it's not to say any of your love was wasted or that this good, true love wasn't a good, true love, Mm -hmm. but it does sound like things are different now. Yep. Um, cause now you have this understanding for sure. And the other hard thing I'll add is like long distance relationships often hide those flaws. Right. Yeah. Cause you can talk about sex all you want, right. Until you have, until, until you, you have get to have naked it, right? together and that's in the same the, room. Yeah. When yeah. the, when the rubber hits the road. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's sucks. I don't know. I just feel like this letter is hard. It's really hard because I am giving advice that I don't want to give. <laughs> Right. Like I'm giving advice that like I know is going to hurt. I wish I could. I wish what I could. I I wish what I could do is to be like, here's the way to fix this. Right. Like here are the steps that you can take to make sure that you can be with this person who you clearly love and and who for whatever her faults loves you. Yeah. But like it just feels to me like this is this is something that is too big to move past. And I don't want you to have to be the one to burden or to take this burden on to get your your girlfriend to where she already should have been. Yes, totally. I think about um, one of my dear friends uh, who I've been friends with since high school um, talked recently to me in the past year or so about a person that she was interested in telling her to her face that he would be attracted to her if she weighed less And to hear somebody say that, to to hear someone I love so much, like recite that back to me with an ounce of ounce of understanding for that man, Mm -hmm. like broke my heart. Right. Where because I was thinking like, oh, my God, you're gorgeous. You're catch. You're beyond kind. Right. You're an amazing friend. And you we constantly make space for the critiques of other people who don't run our lives, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to body shaming, weight shaming, um, sexuality shaming, right? Like it's 
we are constantly thinking of the ways that we can lessen ourselves to fit better into other people's desires of us. Yep. And um, I love my friend. She listens to this podcast. She's going to know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, it. I just can't help but think about that moment. And and while like while she could hear that and not be a hundred percent hurt, like our like our listener, mm-hmm. it still hurts me that people feel like they can say those things yeah, to people right. like what the fuck seriously uh yes anyway so fat and happy honestly fat and happy i'll just say what sam doesn't want to say or is saying but is not enjoying it um this this changes your good true love for me yep and um and I think I got emotional reading your letter because i saw your strength and i saw your strength being chipped away yep and that's like the most painful thing for me is to watch people like slowly give away their self-esteem or their identity like piece by piece yep. um, because they feel like they have to in order to keep a love around that isn't willing to stick around on your own terms, right. you know? Yep. Yep. So uh, if I'm being 100% honest, this this changes it for me. I truly do hope that maybe things have turned around by the time this letter is published, mm-hmm. or maybe you have had a, a deeper, more understanding of where that hurtful comment came from yep. that makes that makes it less hurtful. But to me right now, like, I, I think that you are, in lieu of saying just break up, I will say all of the pain and hurt and doubt and frustration that you're feeling right now is 100% valid, and I think you should listen to it. Absolutely. Yep. We love you so much. We love you. Thank you for your writing. <sighs> Getting emotional today. I know. It's a heavy episode. Considering about how much like uh, emotional stuff we talk about, it's amazing that I've only cried on like five episodes. It's true. But this is one of them. Yeah. All right. Our third and final letter comes from Sarah Anonymous, who is writing from Texas. Hi, guys. I just want to start by saying I'm so thankful I found your podcast. I have such a friend crush on you guys, and I've <gasps> been binging your episodes for the past few weeks. I am so sad I didn't have you all to listen to while going through my last complicated relationship. Could have saved me a lot of time. I'm a 25-year-old straight female, and about three years ago, I got divorced. At 20 years old, I married my high school sweetheart, a guy I was with for six years total, and our relationship quickly crumbled. Our relationship had a lot of outward influence, such as religion and family, really pushing us towards marriage at a young age. Honestly, I don't even recognize the person I was then. She was repressed, quiet, and extremely codependent. I learned so much from that time of my life, and although I am still in therapy for some of the toxic behaviors I experienced from my ex and his family, Mm -hmm. I have grown so much and changed into a truly independent and strong woman. Both family and friends have told me that I have changed dramatically in the past few years and that I am finally back to my old self. Shout out to everyone leaving toxic relationships. Your happiness and your self-love is so, so worth it. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for doing our job for us. (laughs) All that being said, sorry for rambling, I've been struggling getting back into the dating game. After moving to a new state a year and a half ago, I immediately started dating a younger guy who I ended up truly loving. It was so refreshing to find myself able to love someone and to be loved, even though it was a fairly short relationship, about eight months. Our relationship ended because we were just on two totally, completely different paths, something I saw from the start of our relationship. I don't think he meant to hurt me, but he definitely threw my old marriage in my face, saying he just (sighs) couldn't handle someone with a past like that. That sucked. 
I feel like I had come so, so far and I'm so proud of myself. And this guy who loved me at one point used my insecurities as an excuse to leave. I know you've said in the past that Sierra, that you dated two guys who waited forever to tell you they were divorced and that you wish you would have found out sooner. I guess my question is, when should I tell the guy that I'm interested in dating that I've been divorced? Should I treat it as a big deal? When dating my most recent ex, I told him pretty casually in conversation soon after we started dating. I thought he handled it well, but apparently he didn't. Something I found out, I didn't find out until much later. Should I think of it as a much bigger deal that should be discussed in a more formal conversation? I guess it's just a part of my history that I'm not even ashamed of because it changed me into a better person. Yes. I'm just a little scared from how my recent ex handled things. Thanks for any advice you can give. And thanks for taking the time to read my letter, Sarah. Okay, Sarah. Love you. Thank you for your letter. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn this back on you and say, what do you think is right? Mm. Because it sounds like you put yourself on such an amazing path of healing and head and heart work that you just told us at the end of the letter, like, I said it like it was no big deal because I don't think it is because it made me who I am today. <laughs> <laughs> and like you, you were whack and overreacted. Yeah. Like. I'm just going to big you up right now and say you are on the exact path you need to do. Thank God you got out of that bad relationship. Thank God you know yourself more intimately and more deeply and more authentically now. Mm -hmm. And like, mm, I know that was shitty and all, but like, thank God that guy showed his true colors. Seriously. And was not good enough for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, like, had a weird thing about divorce because now you know you don't want to waste any more of, your t- more of your time with him. Absolutely. And I will say, um, I think that when people are trying to break up with other people, they tend to use stupid things to do it, too. Yeah, right? yeah like, that is so real. Like, I think, I think that your former divorce was probably less of an issue for him than it was just something that he General could easily— General incompatibility, I, yeah. yeah. right? He was something he could easily identify as a thing that's, like— oh, this is why we're not compatible. Right. Right. Rather than getting into conversation about that, rather than getting into vulnerable conversation about communication style or time spent together or visions for the future, like all of those complicated things, he probably just was like, well, this thing is easy to talk about and then I don't have to talk about it anymore and I can just leave. Right. So I, I think that it probably isn't as big of a deal for him as it as he made it seem. Right. And was just using that as an excuse to get out of the relationship. Right. Um, so to, which is all to say that don't put too much weight on what this one dude said about your divorce status. Right. <laughs> right? Like You're doing all the right work. Absolutely. And there are so many people out there who would be happy to date someone who is divorced. Yeah. And it wouldn't be an issue. I want to zoom out a little and just talk about divorce and divorce shame in general because I think... Even the most well-meaning people can be like, oh, I don't want to date somebody who's been married before. And let's break that down because that's an archaic leftover of the era in which people didn't get divorced, right? Right. So even if you're like the most liberal, like free-minded person in the world, people might – you might crave to – to be somebody's first wife or husband or spouse or whatever. You're like, oh, I don't – you know, like I don't want to – date somebody who's divorced because I don't know, I I want us to get married or or whatever. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. I want to break that down and recognize what you're essentially saying is I don't believe people can start over, marry the wrong person, <laughs> make mistakes. Right. You know, you're saying I believe somebody I want somebody um with the exact same life history as me. For sure. And I, I feel like right. it's a leftover of like the fifties, you mm-hmm. know? And 
all I and I'm saying this all because I think at some point in my life, in my dating history, I probably felt similarly. Mm-hmm. Probably when I was like 26 and and didn't have a lot of divorcees to go on dates with. Yep. Now in my 30s, they're everywhere yeah, because right. that just is part of life. <laughs> Divorce is part of life. It Divorce is. is part of love and dating. It is. It is no more taboo than your average breakup, mm-hmm. you know, other than like the... The level of complication. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, the stigma will only exist if we allow the stigma to continue. Right. We have to disempower it by not making space for it anymore. So if you're for somebody sure. out there who said, like, I don't want to date somebody who has been divorced, I, I don't know, man. Like, I love dating my girlfriend in our 30s because we've made all the horrible mistakes to other people in our 20s. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I'm, like, happy that we had a whole decade without each other to, like, figure that shit out and to make the mistakes with other people. For sure. And I think that's... You know, we always talk about like baggage isn't baggage, right? Everyone comes into relationships with a history. Yes. And what do you history... want, a Ken doll of right. a person? <laughs> right. And actually, you probably don't because people, because history teaches people to how be to... better people. We learn right? how to love by loving people. Absolutely. So the fact that you have, you have. We learn how to get divorced by, <laughs> by getting, getting divorced. divorced. <laughs> That's right. I'm just going to tell Peter that we need to get divorced so I can like have the experience yeah, no, totally, of it. Totally, and be totally, like, I just totally, need to totally. learn. Yep. Um, I just need to learn. <laughs> Spoken like a true type five. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, like, I think that it is great, Sarah, that you have been through this experience, right? You know what it is to be, like, entwined with someone, not just emotionally, but also, like, legally entwined with someone and have figured out how how to move forward from that, right? Like, that's a, I think that is a strength to be able to say, like, I know myself well enough to know that even when there are so many things that are tying me to this person, I'm okay with leaving that person because I know what I love and what I deserve and what I need out of a relationship. And I like that is a good thing. Absolutely. That is, That's I, why I'm like divorcees sound more and more attractive <laughs> to me. Other than those two that didn't tell me. Yes, that's right. Well, uh, and let me I'll I'll answer that call, yeah, Sarah, about those experiences. I will also say those two people in particular, like they, they withheld it from me for a long time. And years later, years out of those relationships, I can see it's because they hadn't healed. Yep. They hadn't healed from it. And it sounds like you're doing the head and heart work where you can say, yeah, I was divorced. I learned so fucking much from it and I love myself more because of it. Absolutely. And that's, I, I love that. Like, I honestly am. I feel I know. like I empowered did... vicariously through you. Like <laughs> I want to date a divorce. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Willow, but I, so I, I just want to make them sound more attractive. Yes. You know? Yeah. Because they are. They are for sure. So Sarah, don't if they do the work. Yes. But don't take the what this dude said to you seriously. He was hurting and was in a relationship or wanted to get out of the relationship. And so like that's what people do when they're breaking up is they say stupid things. Right. Right. So don't take it too seriously. Know that your divorce is actually a marker of strength because it gives you learned experience that teaches you what you want out of a relationship and how to navigate relationships better. Absolutely. And so you are a catch because you are divorced. A catch and, and not a despite half. of it. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> Sam and I want to date you collectively. Yes. It'll both be of very us. weird and non-sexual. <laughs> non-sexual. <laughs> but we could hold hands and cuddle yes. if you want. <laughs> he won't let us look at his butt though. No, my butt will always be covered. thank you so much for writing we love you own jokes (laughs) sarah thank you so much we love you
All right, that wraps up this episode and brings us to the blind date segment. Every episode, we shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with. So a lot of you have uh, written to us and asked me how I quit smoking. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to shout out the book that I read that helps me quit smoking. It's called Alan Carr's, with two R, Easy Guide to Quit Smoking. (laughs) Sounds a little... It's dumb. It's yeah, the yeah, stupidest, yeah. stupidest book you will ever read in your whole life. It is like super repetitive. I swear to God, like maybe there's hypnotism in it or something. <laughs> because are, like tons of celebrities endorse this book too. Ellen DeGeneres endorsed it. Uh, what is the woman from Witches? Angelica Houston endorsed it. <gasps> oh my God. No. I love that that's the fucking <laughs> cultural reference that you pulled out of her. All of the movies she's done. Witches. Well, mine would be Morticia Adams. So oh, yeah. like we're go. the same little queers. Yeah. Jason Mraz. Um, but basically, so he he's just like, read this book cover to cover while you're smoking. So like, don't stop smoking before you start reading this book. Like, You can just smoke and read. Yep. Smoke and read. Smoke and read. Uh, and he... Like, honestly, he walks you through, like, a recovery mindset about smoking, where he's like, smoking doesn't do anything for you. You know it's disgusting. The only time you're happy smoking is when you are not smoking. <laughs> because, like, one, like you crave it, crave it, crave it, and then you start smoking, and then you're like, this is disgusting. Right. Why am I doing this? Right. And then you extinguish the cigarette, and then you're, like, craving, craving, craving. Right. He talks about the science of it, of, like, nicotine is very addictive, but it's it's time in your body is very short so even when you sleep like you are most of the nicotine is out of your body by the time that you sleep so like the withdrawal symptoms that we have are just brainwashing right um and it sounds like i recommend this book and i'm like i know it sounds so stupid but it worked but it worked it worked for me it worked for my friend like read it like you have to read it cover to cover and i swear to god that if you read it cover to cover you will stop smoking (laughs) I love this. It's so weird. And I wish I I could explain it better than that. But it just worked. (laughs) There's obviously some level of witchcraft on it. Clearly. Like it's possessed or something. But it's Alan Carr's easy E Z. Not easy, but E. (laughs) I was wondering why you articulated it like that. Uh way to quit smoking. Or way. Yeah, easy way. Yeah. Uh so check it out. Um and it worked for me. And it worked for a lot of people. Yeah. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our weekend sale merchandise. We've got new t-shirts, new sweatshirts, all the things, all the new things. And we have a sale going on through the weekend. So make sure to check that out at justbreakuppod.com. Wear Just Break Up Love on your sleeve or chest <laughs> Please or do. coffee mug. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. Patreon.com slash just break up pod. This literally keeps the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, you have been working so hard on yourself. You survived that thing that you didn't think you could survive and look at you now, thriving. Don't let anyone take away that work. Don't let anyone take away that light or discredit all of the time you've been working on yourself. You deserve to enjoy this growth. And 
if all else fails. Just break up. <laughs>